you sound like the people on the internet. Yeah, well, that's what I am on the internet, so... That's fair enough. Hello, barbarians. And welcome to this, the next episode in Alone and Unprepared in Waterdeep. A game where we do not prepare and where there is only one player. <laughs> <laughs> and we have drinks. Yeah, it's super chill. Um, so you'll hear drink noises and probably the bird and the dogs and the cat and stuff. It's a lot more cash than you may be used to. The point of this campaign, other than it's something that we do on our own time for funsies, and it was just fun enough that we thought it should probably be recorded and shared with you all, is that we're trying to show you that you don't need a big group or a bunch of notes or anything like that to have fun and be able to play. A lot of people say they don't play because they can't find a group. But if you have one person that you can corner into a space or into a room on the internet or whatever for, I mean, we only do like what, an hour at a time for these, then you have what you need. Like we're using Waterdeep Dragon Heist book. We have D&D Beyond for our character sheets. Um, and we are just like winging it. When we get to a new area, I take a quick minute to read through and see if there's anything crazy. Sometimes I miss stuff, <laughs> you know? But that's the whole point of, you know, playing a game together is you do have to improv some of it sometimes too. So sometimes I have to improv through mistakes that I've made and things like that. But the point is the game keeps going and we both get to play. So you may have noticed that we haven't finished our fireside run of the Expanse RPG. We are still finishing that. Um, we wanted to jump in with something we could do quickly because we've had to have really limited time to record because of an ongoing pretty emergency style health issue that's happening in our immediate family. It's requiring us to travel out of state a lot right now. And so we're just not home as much. And when we are, we have a lot of stuff going on um, to work on that. So it just, unfortunately, it's interrupted our recording schedule somewhat. But we wanted to make sure to get something out for you guys because it's been a little bit. And this is a fun way for us to chill and relax a bit too, is to get back into our Waterdeep game. So last time, just to get you caught up in exactly where we are, using the clues that you found out at the warehouse, you have ventured into the sewer tunnels. You have followed the yellow symbols of a circle with lines radiating out of it um, into kind of this crossroads in the sewers. And from there, using your exceptional perception, along with the help of your friend Scratch Lone Hop, who is with you, you found a secret door. Now, there are likely other doors and things around here as well. You also found the entrance to the storeroom of a restaurant. Hmm. Um, but this secret door led you to an area where you saw that there was a sleeping goblin guard, rooms that looked like they had been used at some point to hold prisoners, but were currently empty. And then opening the final double door from this area you had wandered into, you see a half-orc male in dingy robes standing with his foot on the chest of a male human with wavy red blonde hair, a man matching the description of Floon, who you've been tasked with locating. Fire burns around the orc's clenched fist, and the human is crying and squirming helplessly beneath him. Now, this is what you saw from 
like just cracking the door open a little bit. So you can't see this entire room, but you can tell it's much larger than the other rooms you've been in so far. Mm -hmm. So there are definitely places you can't see. For right now, the only things you're seeing in the room are this half-orc and this man. Across from them, they're kind of standing in the middle of the room. You can see um, like dirty cloth curtains on the wall, but you can't really see the ends of the room from your tiny crack in the door. Okay. So in, in true Leica fashion, yeah. I had cracked the door ever so slightly and right. peered through. Okay. So what would Leica like a to do? <laughs> dad joke. You got dad jokes and you got them from me. Um, I would like to reach back and give um my companion, my partner in crime, my dear, my close friend, whose name I would never forget, I would like to pat him in a backhanded, not looking sort of way on his narrow bird chest. Sure. And say to him, what's his name again? Scratch Lone Hawk. I thought so. Okay, I can't yeah. remember if that was from another campaign. Okay. <laughs> and pat him on his narrow bird chest. <laughs> That's too much sound. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Come on, Scratch. Let's sneak in here and see what we can see. Right. Okay. So, and okay. that sneak into the room. So you're going to open the door wide enough for both of you to enter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And crouched over and sneaking, I think that to a casual glance, if someone sees the door open, it almost looks like... It, it almost looks like the door just like kind of opened in a little bit and then closed again, you know, because I'm really low to the ground. So really right. Scratch less so. wee. But, yeah. True. Scratch... Scratch Lesso. That's a great name for a character, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah. Alright. Sneak in. Go ahead and roll yourself. Alright. Let's see what I'm we got. I'm assuming you're going first. Yes. Okay. Let's see how we do. Okay. 26. Okay. Um, I'm going to see how much Scratch messes that up for you on this fine day. Okay, no, no, not too bad, not too bad. Let me pull up Scratch's little character sheet. Still, it's not horrible. Okay, it's all right. I'm gonna give you a chance to do a quick perception roll before both of you move too far into the room. Okay, here we go. Oh no, um, six. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> uh, Actually, coming behind you. Um, rolled a one. That's real good. All right. So, moving silently into the room towards this berobed half-orc with the flaming fist, threatening this human man under his foot. Your vision is narrowed in on this encounter because this is your quarry. This is who you've been sent to find is this human and you take your job very seriously. I you do. have business cards and everything. I do. So, what would you like to do? Well, 
I've never been one to uh, shoot a man in the back, I think to myself. But then I mutter under my breath, a half-orc on the other hand, and I would draw a arrow on my short bow mm-hmm. as far back as I can okay. and loose it right into the half-orc. Okay. Let's go ahead and roll initiative to get that established. Do this one, and I'll also need this one. Don't mind this extra one I'm rolling. Fine. Okay. So, cool. Cool, cool, cool. And what was your initiative? 18. Very nice. Cool. So, it's going to be you, and then it will be Scratch, and then... The orc will go later. Okay, so you do get to draw and loose that arrow. I'm not even gonna try to make a joke about you drawing an arrow on your bow. Like oh. Scribble, scribble. <laughs> See, I despise when people say fire an arrow because there's no fire involved unless well, there it's could like be. a fire arrow. Yeah. But you typically don't fire a bow. You don't fire an arrow. Like, before the advent of firearms, which I guess do exist in D&D, so maybe it's not such of a much, but you wouldn't have, it, it wouldn't have even occurred to you to use that term regarding a, a bow. So, I always think it sounds dumb, but that's just me. Fair enough. Carry on with your bad self. All right. Well, I loosed an arrow mm-hmm. at the half-orc. Yes. So I suppose we should see... From pretty close. Because the doors are only about 10 feet away from this orc. Nice. Where he stands in the center of the room. All right. I mean, you know, he's certainly within 80 feet. Yes. So... So, yeah, no disadvantage there. Yeah. Um... And, gosh, this feels like it should be a surprise round, like it's third edition, but it's fifth edition. Well, he is surprised, so so he has the surprised condition. Right. Yes. There's that. The surprised condition. Yeah. And I don't remember. Remember what that does? No, I don't remember. (laughs) A surprised creature cannot move or take an action on their first turn of combat and cannot take a reaction until that turn ends. All right, cool. Groovy. Well, let's see if this hits, shall we? We shall. We shall see. Nine. I'm assuming that's a total of nine. There's a total of nine. You're not just declaring no in another language. I declare nine rupsy. Okay. So that is just short of this berobed figure. Um, So I'm going to go ahead, because you failed, I'm going to let you make another perception roll. Okay. Let's see what we got. (sighs) This one's not much better. That is also a uh, nine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So 
you walk in, you stealthily draw the arrow back to loose from your bow when you're distracted by the small scratching noises of Scratch stealthily moving in behind you. And although the orc doesn't take notice of the sound, it's enough to set your ears twitching and you are distracted from the target at hand. But I will say what ends up happening is you end up not loosing the arrow because you're close enough that you know if he's on target or not. He moves suddenly while you're distracted by the sound and you hold the the knocked arrow on the string. Oh, okay. To readjust. Hmm. Is there anything else you would like to do? Like I said, you're about 10 feet away right now. <sighs> and being in the room now, what you can see kind of facing the half work as you are is that on this side of the room, there seems to be two kind of wall tapestries or curtains um, on the wall across from you on the other side of the orc. Towards the end of the room, you can see kind of a, an entrance into maybe another room. Hmm. Um, and you can see stairs. I see. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, let's let's sneak around the room some more and see what we can find out. And let's reconnoiter a little bit because, I don't know, something doesn't seem right, I'm thinking to myself. So... Let's, I'll diagram really quickly for you, kind of like what you're seeing. So let me take this very detailed diagram that Scratch has made for you. There you go. Thank you. And I've left the bottom of the room blank because that's the direction you're not looking in right now. I see. Because we came in through these doors. Yep. And so you're looking at that orc. So I kind of describe what's across from him in that way, because that's kind of the direction you're oh, looking. Wow! And he's looking this way. No, he's looking away from you. He's looking with his foot this way. Well, kind of this way. Kind of. He's looking this down, way. really, because he's stomping on a human. Standing on my my charges, my quarry, standing on his neck. Okay. Well, he has his foot on his chest, but yeah. Foot on his chest, and he's very scared. Mm-hmm. Well, not the half-orc. No, the he's guy, not scared. The guy with the foot on his chest is... Yeah, he's whimpering and squirming. Blubbering. Unable to get away. Like a he wee baby. He does look a little roughed up at this point as well. Like this has been going on for a while, or perhaps there was more struggle previously. You couldn't know for sure. Okay. I don't know that we can necessarily sneak over these stairs or this hallway without half-orcs seeing us, but it does look like he's looking towards, I don't know, that direction for some reason. So, let's see. Let, let's maybe sneak around uh-huh. and see what's up with these curtains. Okay. As you move farther into the room, it causes you to look back towards the other side of the room as you're moving stealthily around. Yeah, head, head on a swivel, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And you see what you would think is maybe a bemused look if the features weren't so alien to you. 
Mm-hmm. But there is a seat. There's a raised platform at the other side of the room. The other side, as yeah, that bottom side here? there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there are two sets of like steps leading up to this slightly raised platform, like a stage almost. Okay. A dais of some kind. Sure. Dais. How do you say that word? Dais. Dais. Mm-hmm. It's a dais. It's a dais. Doctor Zeus. Doctor Zeus. All right. And seated. On this raised area, you see a figure in black robes. It has large white eyes and rubbery purple skin and four tentacles encircling its inhuman mouth. Oh, no. And it cradles and gently caresses what looks like a disembodied brain with feet. Oh, double no. (laughs) Oh, man. <laughs> okay. How is it? <laughs> okay. Yeah? Well. What's wrong? Nothing. Okay, Everything's good. peachy keen. <laughs> I need to find out if, if I, as Laika, know... What that guy is. Sure. So I don't know if I need to make a nature. I mean, I think history or history would both be good ones for that one. Okay. Yeah. Let's do Arcana. They're the same score, but she's not much of a history buff, I don't think. Yeah. All right. That one flubbed. Okay. It was an 11. Oh, I rolled an 11 again. How about that? 13. So, not knowing much about origins or things like that, you do recognize, based on shapes and whatnot, that this, you think, is what is called a mind flayer. You're not sure about the brain pet that it has. Um, (laughs) But you've never seen one of these in person. Right, yeah, no. You don't usually see mind flayers in person, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And if you do, I don't know that you necessarily live to tell the tale. And so in your mind, you hear a voice, a voice that is clear, likely because using its mouth to talk would not go very well. Um, and it seems to be pretty widely broadcast because it doesn't refer to you directly. The voice says, Groomshire, you dear idiot. Take care of this. And then, all right, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Saving throw. All right. Ten. Okay. You feel yourself held in place, unable to move, as this creature moves past you. It's put down the little brain creature, which is scampering along at its at the bottom of its robes, and it just sort of saunters through this scene, moving around you, moving around Scratch, through the double doors, and you can sense in your peripheral vision a flash of light, and then you are released, able to move again. Whew. But so is everyone else. Well, that's lucky. I'm not trying to fight a mind flayer right now. <laughs> All right, so we are back to you. 
in the initiative order. Cool. I still have an arrow knocked. True. And I was already going to shoot this guy before, number one. Number two, dude man said to somebody, not me, to, like, take care of this. Right. So I'm pretty sure I'm fin to fight this guy. So I, I feel pretty justified in loosing that arrow now. Okay. So I would like to do that. Let's loose an arrow at this guy. Fuck. <laughs> it's it's nine, but I just want to see something. Alright, not much better. Alright. Anyway. So it's a nine again. Well, yeah, it's a nine again, just like last time. Okay. So this time you do loose the arrow um, as you're kind of released from the spell almost, you know, in a, you, you just aren't prepared for that mm-hmm. being held in stasis and then released like that. Right. And so you kind of aren't, your muscles aren't ready to re-engage that arrow. And so it just gets loose and goes across the room skids along the floor to the far wall. Maybe a little disconcerted from seeing a mind flare up close and personal. Yeah. Because those things are nothing to fuck with. Yeah. And just have it so calmly it just basically froze everybody, walked through, and then did not seem to give one shit. (laughs) Freeze. Unfreeze. Yeah. Game (laughs) off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so the arrow goes across the room past the orc, but the orc does, without removing his foot from his quarry, kind of turns to glare at you, Mm. fire still wreathed around his hand. All right, it is Scratch's turn. Would you like Scratch to do anything? Yes. Scratch should also... uh, engage this guy but he might also want to um i don't know apply any buffs maybe to the party i don't know what scratch has in his bag of tricks so you know from working with scratch previously um that scratch carries a scimitar and a short bow as mundane weapons um and you have seen scratch cast a few spells so you know that Scratch has like a poison spray, a thorn whip, a curing spell, and kind of like a snare, like if you're setting up an area before a fight or for a camp or something like that sort of thing. Okay. Hmm. Thorn whip, you say? I do say. What does it uh, do again? Um, it allows Scratch to conjure a long viney whip covered in thorns. And typically, when used correctly, um, the enemy would be whipped, which does some damage, and then pulled closer. I mean, in game terms, it would move the creature 10 feet. So you could pull the orc off of Floon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just like you'd be, like, pulled towards scratch. You'd have to do that awkward like, I got lassoed walk with yeah. uh, <laughs> penguin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, let's have him uh, have him do that. The little Wiccans. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just drag him over to to himself. Scratch is going to roll to hit, which he does. So you see, getting your signal, Scratch bobs their head and reaches down to the rough stone floor of this area and grabs up through the cracks in the floor this large vine and then whips it forward. It wraps around the torso of this orc, um, immediately doing a decent amount of damage and then pulls the orc 10 feet towards Scratch. So they're almost face to face now. All right. Um, and then it is the orc's turn. Oh no, the orc's turn. All right, so the thing is, based on the orc's dress, you have the feeling that they are more than likely a spellcaster. Yeah, I'll probably think to myself, he's wearing a dress. Guys in dresses are always spellcasters. <laughs> you can see as the thorn whip begins to dissipate from around the form of the orc that his hands move to what other characters you have had before is a familiar gesture where the thumbs come together (gasps) No, and the fire spreads from one hand (laughs) to the other and engulfs poor Scratch in fire. No. Um, That's a good one. Let's see if Scratch can make a save. So this is going to be, let's see, DC 12. Okay. Come on, Scratchy. Oh yeah. Scratch is going to take half damage. It's still a pretty significant spell though for you guys being first level. So I told you I have like no D6s. I have three right here. I have, out of all these dice, I have two D6s. Well. Alright, I'm just gonna roll one twice. You're dice miscuous, so, you know. Alright, so Scratch takes four fire damage. Quattro! Quattro, quattro! Alright, and we are back to you. Back to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's try, let's try another arrow. Okay. You see the orc um, blood is kind of seeping out into the the dingy robes that he wears from the many piercing cuts of the thorn whip. Let's try it. Let's give it a shot. Try another arrow. See if we can make it happen this time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, For once, maybe I can roll something higher than a five. I mean, this this session. (laughs) All right. 16. Oh, that'll hit. Yes. (laughs) All right. We're going to do 2d6 plus 3 because sneak attack. Sure. Once per... Oh, yeah, I forgot you're a rogue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's uh, that's unfortunate for this one. 1d6 once per turn. Mm Mm-hmm. As long as Scratch is within five feet of them. Yep. Here we go. 2d6 plus three. Come on, baby. 
Seven. <laughs> Seven is enough. Seven will get there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, I, yeah. All right. Like I said, you're level one. This is level one area. It's okay. Look, I saw a mind flare. <laughs> and he okay. Left. He's gone. <laughs> I'm expecting that. That'll never come back to haunt you. It'll be fine. You'll never see him again. He doesn't even have a name, I promise. You know, after we're done with this game, we should play another game I like to call poker. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at lying. <laughs> I can read you Not like a I'm book, lying. Beasley. Not that I'm lying. <laughs> Not that I'm lying. <laughs> uh, not that I'm lying. Look left, look right, look left again. Look, look, Um, the orc, distracted by his engagement with your Kenku friend, cackling softly to himself as he sets the bird aflame, takes your carefully aimed arrow deep through his ribcage. And he, the fire is extinguished from his hands. He drops heavily to his knees on the dusty stone floor. Thump, thump. And then falls face first in front of Scratch. Oh, with a thud. Yep. <laughs> and you get 25 experience 25 points. 25 XP. Look at that. Meanwhile, there is a very hurt human with reddish hair lying on his back in the middle of the room whimpering softly eyes closed okay i would like to scamper to his side and kneel down okay then place one hand carefully behind his head to lift it up ever so slightly to be able to look at me Mm-hmm. Placing the other hand gently on and comfortingly on his chest. Right, and he weakly opens his eyes, his tussled reddish hair falling across his brow. And he looks at you, and his eyes flit past you to the orc on the floor and the empty dais beyond. And he says, Truly, the most. Beautiful sight I've ever seen. There won't be time for that later, handsome. But right now, we need to get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I... I can't move quickly, but... I'll certainly do my best to escape this horrid place. Oh, we'll see about that. (laughs) It's time to hit your tits and peel the paint. Scratch, see if you can heal them up. Alright, so... Scratch uses one of his first level spell slots to cast Cure Wounds, which, holy moly, that's a big spell. Um, Scratch went over and touched his little hand, because Kenku have arms, mm-hmm. for record. I always envisioned him having, like, feather fingers like the birds on that one, like... Disney cartoon and the crows and whatnot. Hmm. Or or like the the bard in the uh, Robin Hood cartoon. Oh yeah, I understand that. 
Um, but Kenku have more of like, like it's almost like bird feet again for hands. So they have like the scaly oh. hands. Are they all cool shaped or they have like two thumbs and stuff? They're like Protoss hands? They're not usually drawn that way, but I would say however, like raven feet are arranged, I would oh, expect them okay. to be the same. Yeah, okay. So I don't know if they're one toe back. I think they are. I think so. Yeah. So just one thumb. All right. Yep. So he goes over and with his scaled little clawed hand, puts his hand kind of next to yours on Floon's chest mm. and a, a warm light spreads through him and he immediately like you can see wound stitching bruises fading wow um as he is healed for eight hit points bringing him up to nine <laughs> i gotta tell you scratch that never gets old <laughs> i love like uh perpetually <laughs> positive and happy yeah she's a cool kid she's just awesome all right and the human um, immediately gets up and hugs Scratch, and Scratch looks a little alarmed and like squawks in alarm, and then reaches down and doesn't pick you up because he's heard that's rude, but like gives you this giant <laughs> hug. He says, truly, you're the most, you're most beautiful, most kind. Anything, anything I can do for you, I will, but it sounds like we must be away from here. <laughs> yeah. He's I have no curious. idea how you found me or why or who you are. I just know you're wonderful, beautiful, and I owe you a drink at least. It's bad for your health to pick up a goblin. Don't pick up a goblin. Are you out of your damn mind? <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is um, a fallen half-orc. There is this room. If there's anything you'd like to do, obviously you can. But it seems that this human is sticking very close to you. Okay. Uh, does the recently felled half-orc have any weapons of any kind? I know he's a caster, but even like a dagger or anything? Um, you do see that tucked in his robes is a book, and on his belt there does appear to be a dagger. Cool. Unlike to, um, God, the only word that's popping into my head is skiff, but that's not right. Frisk! I'd like to frisk. <laughs> uh, English major. Shut up, Randy. There's a new word for a thing that already exists. I'm going to call it skiffin'. I would like to small boat the dead half-orc <laughs> as he lay unconsciously upon the floor. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to frisk the half-orc. Yes. And finding his book, I'll just roughly stuff that in my pack real quick. Yes. Then, pulling the dagger replete with sheath from his belt, hmm. I will unsheath it real quick to inspect the blade. Yeah. Finding no pits, rusts, rolls, cracks, or chips. Like, not exceptionally high quality, but very functional. Sharp. And sturdy. Right. It'll poke things. Yes. That's what a dagger, you know, yeah. does yeah. best. All right. Cool. True. And I'll point with it at Quaff Curl's McDude face. You assume this is Floon. Floon. I'll point it at Floon somewhat carelessly, but not um, recklessly. Okay. 
and noting his eyes crossing at the tip of this dagger, right. now inches from his nose, mm-hmm. I'll ask him, you know how to use one of these things? I definitely prefer not to, but I know the basics of how they work, yes. Pointy end goes in the bad guy. <laughs> Flip it over, catch it by the blade, throw it back into the sheath, spin it around, and hand it to him. Right. He takes it gently from you um, and holds it in both hands, like one hand on the sheath, one hand on the handle, um, but still seems very intent on sticking close to you as his savior. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't hit me with that thing. It's for emergency use only. I'll try to aim high. <laughs> Splendid. Looking at Scratch like... <laughs> I think be ready to pull your socks up, Scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anything else you'd like to do in this room? No, we need to get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah, we don't have time to, like, search the room. I mean, I can give it a quick look around. Alright, you may investigate. But, but that's it. Are you just looking around, like, this main area of the room, or... Yeah, maybe maybe hopping straight up real quick and going, you know, whoop, 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 to see mm-hmm. if there's anything on the dais. Sure, yeah. Like a chest or a, a lectern or anything sure. like that. Yeah. But otherwise, I just want to make sure it's basically empty because then we're going to clear out. Okay, so that is 15. Right, interesting you may say what you are looking for, because looking, sweeping your large goblin eyes across the dais, you do see behind the chair, sort of hidden behind this ornamental, like, flowing bit of fabric, appears to be a wooden chest. Holy crap. Okay. All right. I'll look at Scratch and look at the chest, like, pointedly. I'm not trying to be shady here. Mm -hmm. Conveying my intent to my partner, my business partner. Right. Um, I'll say, Scratch, why don't you go ahead and get Floon out of here? I'll catch up. I'll send them out the door down the hall from whence we came. So back the way you came? Yes. Alright, so Scratch, you see him very carefully looking out into the room beyond, since that's the way the Mind Flayer went. But seeing all is dark and quiet, you hear them continue on. Floon, seeming slightly alarmed that you're not with them, is like, but that's that's Mola. She's my savior. (laughs) Could be my truest of loves, you would never know. (laughs) Hopefully she falls not far behind. (laughs) <laughs> I guess as a deformed goblin, I would be quite uh, cute to a human. Well, it's someone who just almost died. You're just the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. That'll pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are you doing? I'm going to stalk towards the chest, mm-hmm. dry washing my hands. Muttering to myself, all right, my pretty, let's see what you got under those skirts. All right, so getting closer to it, it's more of a lockbox than a true chest. It's pretty small because it has to fit you know, kind of hidden behind a chair. All right. Um, but it is not locked. Nice. There's no latch on it or anything. It's just like a little dice box almost. It opens up just with a hinge. Okay. Would you like to open it? 
No. <laughs> Why? Because we need to inspect it's it. It's not a mimic. For traps to it see is. if it's trapped. Okay. Or armed or triggered or anything. You may investigate it if you'd like. Investigate this lockbox to see what we got. All right. That is a um, gentleman's 20. Okay. Well, it does not appear to be secured or trapped in any way. It looks like it is simply there to hold some things because there's not storage in this area. Hmm. Okay. Makes sense. Let's go ahead and slowly open it up. Right. Like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Right. This red glow emanates from within. Um, and inside you find um, three neat like sections. Like it, there's like sections kind of built into the chest mm. with different types of coins in each. So you see gold coins, silver coins, and copper coins. And then you see two potions that you immediately recognize from your experience as potions of healing. So the potions, no sooner are they noticed than they're swiped and stashed away in my hip pouch. Are now, they skipped? <laughs> so, to the casual observer, the box opens, mm -hmm. like his eyes get wide, and then you look to see what she's looking at, and for a split second, there seem to be two healing potions there, and right. then they're gone. Hmm. You just it's just a trick of the light. You almost don't even yeah. Like, urry, 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 as you scratch your eyes in Scooby Doo fashion and look at them. Right. Huh. I could have sworn they're gone. Okay. Now then, gold and coins and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daddy always told me you never count your money, etc., etc., and just kind of scoop it all into the pack because okay. there's no point to carrying the. Uh, the box itself. Yeah. So just while you have your character sheet up, let's go ahead and update your inventory as you have two potions of healing. Yes. And then when you're ready for monies, let me know. Let's see here. Equipment. Manage Equipmonk. Mm-hmm. If you were to manage equipment, there should be a place where you can add stuff. Yeah, add items. Yeah. All right. It is called a potion of healing. Uh, let's see. Let me try... Just try healing. Add items. Yeah. Healing. I just typed potion of healing and it had no results. I type in healing and it says potion of healing. So I must have typed Rude. something. Add. Hell yeah. Alright. You got two of those? I did. Okay. But I'm going to go into my inventory. Mm-hmm. And go down to potion of healing. And change my quantity to two. Because okay. that's super easy to do because of D&D Beyond. All right. And then when you're ready for coinage, let me know. Almost there, Ringo. Almost there. Okay. I have a modest amount of gold because... Because you are a stingy bitch. I'm stingy. I prefer the term spendthrift. Thank you very much. Uh -huh. All right. Currency. All right. Boom. We are Let's adding 16 gold. 16 gold. 82 silver. 
82 silver. And then are you taking the pennies, or is like a like you in real life? No, I'm taking the pennies, because unlike real life, <laughs> copper in D&D is actually worth something. Right, 250 <laughs> copper. Holy crap. That's uh, going to weigh me down. Um, I'm going to see if I can, like, fashion a quick makeshift, like, pouch of its own, mm -hmm. so that if I fall in a river or an extra deep puddle, because Laika's pretty tiny, <laughs> you can just like I don't have that to one. right. I don't have to <laughs> doff my whole pack and lose everything. I can just reach in real quick, grab this giant barbell of pennies, and dump that by itself, and hopefully save myself. Yeah, I mean, you have a number of extra bottles and pouches and things like that as a urban yeah, I mean, worker bee as you are. Emergency, I'd have yeah. one of my extra headscarves because yeah, so. I do carry those and hand wraps. Yeah, so, so like no, dirty. You're, you're easily able to tie that pouch to your belt with a special quick-release knot that you know how to oh, deal yeah. with. That's 25 silver, so mm -hmm. I need to, like, yeah. I'm not going to just leave it, but good night, man. Right. 250 copper. <laughs> It's like six pounds. <laughs> I mean. All right. <laughs> From down the way, you can hear what is likely the sound of your allies moving the secret stone door. <laughs> I, can, I can see someone asking Laika, asking me, you know, what was the big deal? Why do you want to carry 20, 250 copper? And I'm like, who weighs like six pounds? I weigh 42 pounds, you dick. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? Fractionally, that's a, that's a huge amount of yep. weight. What's wrong with you? Okay, I will run to catch up to my uh, compatriots. All right. My cohorts. So you do, right, as they are opening the door past the area where the sleeping goblin had been found. Oh, yeah. The sleeping goblin. Another cool name for a um, tavern or what have you. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you find yourself with your allies back in this waterway, the crossroads, if you will, to the north of you. Okay. So I should be able to find my way back to this place, I feel like. Yeah. For okay, sure. Okay, cool. Because we're going to have to come back here and check this out a little bit, I, I think. Um, just not right now. Okay. Because the first priority is to get dude back to safety so I can collect my bounty. And also just because I'm, I'm you know, I'm duty bound. I'm contract bound to get this dude back. So that's what I want to do. Okay. So, you go back the way you came, knowing that the complex, based on what you saw at least in that room, had at least two other areas to move into. So, it was relatively unexplored. Right. Um, so we had this little hallway, which would be one, and these stairs, which would be two. And when you came down here, I want, it was early in the in the morning it was getting to non-goblin hours in the right. city it was really because like baker lady was like freaking out so i don't know what time it would be now how long i've been down here because do you backtrack all the way to where you first came in mm -hmm. okay so 
you head back through the sewer tunnels, noticing that the guild that maintains them has washed off these latest markings mm-hmm. of um, the yellow markings that you followed to get down. But you know the ways you turned and things like that. Yeah. Three rights, two lefts, one more right. Straight on, last right. Right. There. Noting Somewhere. the ladder that you went up to the tavern storeroom. Um, moving past that, past the body of the gazer. Um, <laughs> Give a little kick into the sewage. and you pop back up in the docks district as the sun begins to set on that day it was a lot of travel so now we need to make our way back to where Floon needs to be dropped off right but I don't remember where that is so you met Volo Mm -hmm. at the yawning portal oh and that is where you are to meet him. Okay, cool. Let's make our way to the yawning portal. You move back through the docks district. You find yourself going back past the bar where he had last been seen, um, past that strange shop with the stuffed beholder in the window that you noticed on your way down, and back to the yawning portal. And you make your way without incident. When you arrive in the Yawning Portal, you see the place at this hour is relatively busy as it normally is, but you note at the table where you were originally drinking with your friends, you see Volo drinking alone, looking forlorn and anxious. And as you walk in the door, you see his eyes flit up expectantly, hopefully, and this time he sees Floon. And he leaps up and runs over and wraps him in a big hug. And then he claps, scratch on the shoulder, and reaches down to you to shake your hand. Very dignified, all except this gesture. (laughs) And he says, come, come back to where we can discuss business. I will nod at him um, graciously and follow, give, give a, a lead on sort of gesture. All right. Um, do you remember what he promised you? No. A hundred gold. There you go. Didn't we negotiate some shit? I think you tried to negotiate, but you did roles that let you determine that he actually didn't have money until his book was published. Yeah, I wanted to do half now, half on delivery. Right. And it didn't work out. So I had to just trust him on it. So I got a hundred G coming my way. So as you sit, um, he gestures for drinks um, and you see those being readied. And he begins to play with the tips of his great curled mustache a little nervously. I must confess, I have but few coins to spare. Things haven't come along quite as quickly as I was hoping, but never let it be said that Volo reneges on a promise. Allow me to present you with something much more valuable. I'm quite skeptical, and I feel like my narrowed eyes would reflect this. And he holds a scroll tube out to you, and he says, This is the deed to a remarkable property here in Waterdeep. Uh, 
We'll need a magistrate to witness the transfer of ownership, and I can arrange with a meeting with one after you've inspected the estate to and deemed it satisfactory to meet my debt to you. Hmm. Laika says, thoroughly unconvinced. <laughs> and looking at the deed, you see it references a location called Troll Skull Manor. Okay. It appears to be located in the North Ward. I'm gonna, I mean, yeah, examining it, uh, that can come later. I'd like to make an insight roll to see what I think about Volo's intentions with this. Does he think it's legit? Is what I'm trying to determine. Okay. Alright. That is an 18, boys and girls. It seems that Volo believes this place has value. Okay. Yeah, let's uh, let's inspect it. Let's inspect the document. I'm not much of a document uh, monger, so I don't know that I'm going to be able to ascertain its legitimacy, but can't hurt to like look it over and see what I think at least, right? Says so, yes, if you want to look at it first, you certainly can. A little bit of a fixer-upper, but lots of history. It's a historic manner in the city. A great place to establish yourself. <laughs> Sometimes being good <laughs> is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, okay, sure. Let's, uh, let's give it a one. So let's, well, I mean, when you say inspect, I thought you meant the document, not the, not the actual place. No, you don't have to look at the location first. He was, like, having you inspect the document to ensure that it seemed legitimate, which it does. It does not seem to be forged in any sort of way. It's notarized. Um... He says, I can, as I said, I can arrange a meeting with a magistrate on, on the morrow. Uh, or maybe I could call her to come down on a more emergency fashion and to officially sign it over to you. You'd be a property owner of a manor in Waterdeep. I'm thinking about it. I'm considering this. And while I consider this offer, I'll take the document and I'll point on the table while looking at Volo and Floon by turns and say, stay right here, I'll be right back. My intention is to go talk to the bartender owner and see if he can offer me any insight in this situation. Okay, so you are going to talk with Dernan, the well-muscled middle-aged owner of the yawning portal yeah he's a friend of mine and he's a local business owner and retired adventurer he's uh pretty savvy in my opinion and i think that he might be able to offer me some advice here okay i'm just gonna seek his advice i'm gonna help you if he I'm in a bit of a pickle, Dernan. I contracted with a individual, and details of the contract were that I would be paid 100 gold pieces upon delivery. I have delivered, yet my client finds himself unable to pay. 
in restitution, he offers me this property. I don't know if it's a good deal or not. Mm. Property in Waterdeep can be valuable. What is it? It's this one here. And I'll hand him the scroll or what have you. Okay. <laughs> Troll skull, huh? Well, certainly it was a fine manor at one time. Been abandoned for a bit. Some say potentially haunted. Uh, maybe why Volo picked it up in the first place. He's interested in those sort of things, you know? Potentially haunted, eh? Well, I ain't afraid of no ghost, but I wonder if it's, you know, worth anything. I mean, I'd be giving up a hundred gold in exchange for this. Maybe I could hold it in probate until he can pay me back, if it's worth something to him. But I'm just trying not to get screwed on the deal. If you had any interest at all, in setting up a base for your business here in Waterdeep, then it's a fine deal. There are, there's a lot you can do with a property like this in that location. And it'll take some gold, but you're doing fine work here. Hmm, investment property, eh? Hmm, I don't know. Well, thanks, Dernan. I got a lot to think about. No problem. I gotta decide if I wanna hang on to this property or not. And I decide what the hell. I will accept Volo's offer. But it's gonna take a bit for me to get too attached to this place. Because I value my freedom. And if I start owning property and whatnot, it starts to own me. And I'm not into that. Alright. Volo looks thrilled that you're not going to start spreading rumors about him not paying his debts, and sets up a meeting the next day for you to meet with a magistrate named Kylin Silmerhelv. Fantastic, but I would like to add a caveat onto our deal. Sure. And I'll tell Volo that I will accept the modified terms of our agreement, but as penalty, for breaching our contract that you owe me one, friend. Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I'm full of information and very helpful things and, of course, always writing, so I'm sure our paths will cross again. As I take out my ledger, my ink pot, and my quill, moisten the tip on my tongue, dab it in the ink, and write down the details of this favor owed me. Turn it around for him to sign. Tap right there. She does with a very flowery hand. And I will, um, you know, salt it. They put sand on it, whatever they, they something. To dry thing. Yeah. Yeah, so it and doesn't they, smear. Like, roll it over with a little doobly doo, mm-hmm. cylinder, tap, whatever type of thingy. And, uh, Blow on it gently, inspect it carefully, snap it shut quite fiercely. That'll do quite nicely, Volo. Giving him kind of the uh, eye fingers. Always happy to sign things for my fence. (laughs) And wrap it up, put it back in the in the in the pack. All right. (laughs) And with that, like I said, your meeting will be tomorrow at High Sun, which is noon. In the castle ward. 
where the magistrates are. Good thing it's not a Capri Sun. I don't get up that early. <laughs> um, and you are now, by milestone rules, level two. Level two. I love level two. All right, so you can go ahead and finish your leveling offline, mm. and we'll talk about it at the top of the next session. Like we were saying before, we'll get back into our Expanse RPG probably next, but we'll keep doing these episodes in the meantime as needed to fill in. We're getting to a point in the night where the parrot gets a little bit hyper, so sorry about that. Um, <laughs> yep, that's him. But I've been Rainy, your dungeon master for the evening. I'm Santiago, your faithful player. You can find <laughs> me on Twitter, at BarbarianRainy. Um, you can also check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash justbarbarianthings. Or you can catch up with me on Twitter at Rangugiri or on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Rangu, R-E-N-G-U. And links to those and more places we can be found on the interwebs are always in the description. Until next time, everyone, spend your rage wisely. And don't miss your surprise attack shots. I'm just going to drink my drink then and talk to you guys while he's gone. Have you guys been listening to the Esoteric Order podcast? Esoteric Order role players? One of the games they're running right now is a vampire duet called Black and White. And it's really good. It's very exciting right now because it's kind of the culmination of this longer format group of games that they've played. It's rad. You should check it out. If you have time, go all the way back to the beginning of the series. It's pretty awesome.